Welcome to the Unicorn Club Audio Journal Podcast. Today is Wednesday, September 30th, 2020. For those of you that are new to the podcast, welcome. I always tell, well, I always say on my podcast that if you are new and you came across this podcast, it is not by coincidence, it is fate. Surely there is something in it for you. And perhaps whatever question that you've had on your heart, it will be answered. Also, I would like to tell you that you are not a follower. You are part of a tribe. You are a cousin. You are a Unicorn Club cousin. Here at the Unicorn Club, we are not a set of people who are followers. We are leaders. We lead. Jesus was not a follower. He was a leader and he had disciples. And the same thing applies to everyone, excuse me, in this tribe. You are Jesus. You are a leader. You are not a follower. You have disciples. For all of you that has been with me since day one, welcome, hello, good day, God bless you. (laughs) It is really good to be back. Um, If you've been following along for the Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur fast, I hope that you had a really good fast. You know, I was just thinking, I wish that there was a comment section for um, Anchor because then I could kind of see you guys' testimonies, see your opinions um, about things, what you're experiencing. We can, you know, have a dialogue with each other. That would be, like, super cool. And perhaps one day Anchor will um, add a comment section to the platform, but most podcasts don't have a comment section. Wah, wah, wah. (laughs) So let's talk about this fast. Let's talk about this fast. And um, I want to share with you what it was that I had learned during this fast. It has been unconventional, to say the least. This year in itself has been unconventional. We've never lived through a coronavirus. We've never had to shelter in place. There's a lot of us that never even knew there were laws called shelter in place. We've never heard of killer bees or murder hornets. There's a lot of things that happened in the nine months of this year that we have never seen before. It has been, from my perspective, a bittersweet year. For some people, God had chosen them to be billionaires, starting with Jeff Bezos, the owner of Amazon, and we have Tyler Perry, who became a billionaire during this time. There was an acquaintance of mine who purchased 13.8 acres of land. She came from the hood. Her parents received food stamps, and she, God blessed her with 13.8 acres of land. A mini mansion on top of that land. A truck and a car. Come on, God. Perhaps you've seen it on social media where a couple of black people had gotten together and they purchased land. I believe it was in Atlanta, Georgia. And the story caught like wildfire excuse me, in news outlets, and they signed on for a show 
to go along with these people in their journey of building property on this land from a ground from the ground up there's a woman who was a I believe she's a business coach and she had a husband I believe they have like two or three children they purchased I think it was 56 acres of land this house was huge huge I said generations of family can be in that mansion I don't remember ever seeing a house that big there's been companies let me get specific here there was a home health aid agency that I worked for in the past and a man and a woman have franchised it they were ruthless and gutless people the pandemic happened and I had gotten a call from someone who worked at the same agency that I did and and they said hey that agency closed down I said really look at God do you see what happens when you do people wrong you never know what a year may bring you can either elevate you can either stay stuck or you can lose I remember seeing this quote by this guy he said win today lose tomorrow I said, ain't that something? I never forgot that quote. He made it up himself, but I never forgot it. So this year has been a very, very interesting year. It's been like unsuspecting deaths. Um, I've had some in my life. Um, my uncle passed away. I wasn't expecting that. Um, I, I, my childhood neighborhood neighborhood friend had died um, actually he was killed in a hit and run wasn't expecting that um, the man Chad from the Black Panther no one even knew that he had cancer he died so this year has been very different said all of that to say this fast during Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur had been very different. If um, you hadn't listened to those podcasts, there's six of them. I want you to go back and start with the one titled, titled Rosh Hashanah and then go through the other five. You can still hold a fast if you hadn't done so already. Um, if you want to continue your fast and you've been following along, by all means, continue your fast. Mine's ended yesterday, which was Tuesday, but Yom Kippur ended on Monday. I had an, an emotional breakthrough, or I can call it emotional healing during this fast well really at the end of the fast it happened on Sunday and Sunday started Yom Kippur and God has shown me something about myself and what he showed me was different areas of fear that I had within myself. Let me explain. So I had an issue with my uncle's wife. And it was only because she blurts out rude things from out of her mouth with no regards to how anyone else feels, what type of impression she would be making upon someone. And that's just kind of it. But she only did those things inside of her home. Like if you walked into her home, anything's liable to come out of her mouth. And my uncle completely ignored it. He pretended like he didn't hear that nothing existed. 
which was wrong. But on the outside of her home, she doesn't blurt anything rude from out of her mouth. On top of that, the both of us are alpha females. And I always say, you cannot get two alphas. You can't put two alphas together. It's not a good idea. It's going to be a clash. Especially when the alphas had not learned to relinquish their pride and their ego. Stubbornness happens. And it's like two bulls hitting heads. It's not a good idea. Two bulls cannot be in one pen. It can't. It don't work. Whether it's in a business relationship, whether it's in an intimate relationship, friends, whatever the case may be. You can't put two alphas together. When those alphas had not learned to relinquish their pride and their ego. And so she and I are two alpha females. And even though I know how to relinquish my pride and my ego, I really don't even have too much pride. Like, I take pride in having a clean home. I take pride in taking care of myself. I take pride in my relationship with God. I take pride in being noble and having integrity, being honest. Um, I take pride in that. But I don't have that type of pride to where I do something hurtful to somebody that I, I like or love. And they come to me and say, hey, this is what you did. It, it, and it made me feel some type of way. And I make an excuse and say, uh, of apologizing. That's not me. I listen to what they say. I put myself in that person's shoes to understand what it is that they're saying to me. And I extend an apology to them. And that's followed by change. Because I never want to hurt the person that I like or love. Whether it's unintentionally or unbeknownst to me. Like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be unaware. I would like to be aware. And oftentimes I say, <clears throat> what's hurtful to me may not be hurtful to someone else. And what's hurtful to someone else may not be hurtful to me. But it's just coming from a place of understanding uh, how somebody else's feel, how somebody else feels. And so, my uncle's wife I don't even know her well enough to know if, if she has that type of um, integrity I just know that she's used to getting her way she's used to getting what she wants she's used to being in full control and she knows that she can say anything out of her mouth and there's no real consequences and for that I can't be bothered I try to salvage my relationship with my uncle because I know that if his wife told him to cut off our relationship, he would absolutely do it. And when I mentioned it to his own brother, his brother said, you know what, what you say is true, you're right. I also know that God taught me a single woman must honor a married woman. And so I'm mindful. I try to remember what it is that God had taught me. At the same time, I know not to let anyone just say anything to me and, tr and, and not to allow anyone to treat me any old type of way. I learned that I teach people how to treat me. And sometimes you got to be, you, you got you to gotta be a rockwiler. With some people, you could just have a simple conversation with them and it will never happen again. But with this woman, I've tried having a simple conversation with her. And she kept doing what she wanted to do. She would find a different way to do the same thing. 
So I decided the best thing for me to do in my effort to try to salvage me and my uncle's relationship, honor what God said, have my own dignity, not cause any problems, I decided to stay out of the Queen's Castle. And I decided to be at a distance with my uncle. Right? And so God had showed me during this fast that with her blurting whatever out of her mouth, it was like she was in my face being aggressive. And that was a place of fear for me because my mother was aggressive that way. She would be in my face yelling and screaming and my mother purposely wanted to instill fear in me. She knew that she was instilling fear in me. And she it, it's like it's like a bully when they see that a person is scared, they just pounce all over it and take advantage of it. And they keep doing it over and over and over and over and over again because they know that the person is scared. And so that's what my mother did. And so anytime a female is kind of in my face and yelling and screaming, it instills fear in me. And I make a decision to either fight or flight. And a lot of the times I flight, I run. And that turns into me becoming a runner in relationships. I used to be a runner. I used to be a 100% runner from God. Now I'm like at a 50% to be honest with you. I used to be a runner in relationships with men. As soon as I seen him getting too close, uh, I would run. As soon as he wanted to have a conversation with me about something and I had to face how I feel and face myself and face the truth, I would run. I couldn't take it. And they would follow me. And, well, where are you going? Why are you walking away? And that would just make me scared, and I couldn't take it. I, was, I had anxieties. I was overwhelmed, and I just wanted to get out of there. It's not that way anymore. I've been, God helped me improve in that area a lot, a lot, a lot. And so now I'm like, Knock if you buck, ninja. I'm here for it, and I got time today. I have a plethora of ammunition for you ninjas. Bring it. <laughs> but with this, with my uncle's wife, I was fearful. There was fear there. And... I ran instead. I ran instead of sitting down and having a conversation with her. And saying to her, hey, I don't like you because you say rude things. You just blurt it out of your mouth with no regard. And just like you're an alpha female who's used to having your way, I'm an alpha female who's used to having her way. The difference between you and I is I don't bother other people with it. You bother other people with it. You think because your husband gives you your way and gives you everything that you want that everybody else is supposed to fall in line too, and that's not so. I don't have to do what you want me to do. You don't pay none of my bills. I wouldn't even allow you to pay any of my bills. It could have a turn-off notice, and I still wouldn't allow you to pay my bill. I should have sat down and had that conversation with her, but I didn't because of fear. And so... When God has showed me that the fear stemmed from my mother and the fight or flight defense mechanism, I was like, oh, and it was, it just brought on healing. It brought on healing. And so now I can stand in front of a woman and say what my problem is without cussing them out, without threatening to whoop their behinds. That was something else that God had to teach me. He had to teach me that people don't like to be, they don't like to have their safety threatened. <laughs> I didn't know that. I, honestly, guys, I didn't know that. Because I think that if you're in somebody's face, rah, 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 
eventually that cat that you put in the corner is going to come out the corner swinging. So if I threaten to whoop your behind, it's to get you out of my face. Why are you yelling and screaming? And when I threaten to whoop their behinds, their response was always, I'm not scared of you. But if I, I, I saw them on the street, they'd be shaking in their boots. But they don't want me to know that they're scared. So God had to teach me that people don't like to be threatened. And that they want me to know that they're not scared of me. And then God had to show me that when I cuss people out, it's like I lost the debate. They have um, power over my emotions. And the only one that's in control, the only one that should be in control of my emotions is me. So I had healing that day. On Sunday, I had healing. Um, in a previous podcast, I told you guys, for those of you who will be following along in this fast, I told you guys that if you keep quiet and listen more than you speak, you're going to see who's, a for, who's for you and who's against you. And so I had gotten a revelation of that as well. I listened more than I talked. And then I had a dream about who my enemy was. And I've said this before and I say it again. There's a Judas in every camp. Whether it's a friendship circle, whether it's a business circle, whether it's on your job, whether it's in your neighborhood, whether it's in your family, there is always going to be a Judas in every camp. Every time you try to get one Judas out, there's always another Judas sitting right there, quietly watching, waiting. And you would say, I didn't even realize that you was a Judas. Like, how did you even get in? Like, three years done went by, and you ain't never do nothing. Not only got Judas out the camp, you, you, you his successor? You are the successor of the Judas that I just got rid of? How you get in? I think that Judas is a sign of elevation. The question just becomes in what area are you going to be elevated in? Is it mentally? Is it spiritually? Is it emotionally? Is it financially? Is it in an aspect of transitioning from one place to another? Like transitioning from poverty to middle class, from middle class to wealthy? Where's the transition? From cashier to manager or supervisor? From supervisor to CEO? Judas is a symbol of something. I actually want to put Judas on my vision board, as crazy as that sounds. Because Judas is a sign of elevation or transition. I don't want Judas to really go anywhere. I don't want Judas to be close. I don't want Judas to be too close. So in this fast, the Lord showed me two Judases in my camp. One is a female who will betray me out of convenience. If there's something, if the situation says it will benefit her, she will absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, betray me. She will only think about herself. The other Judas God showed me, and this is something that I didn't even notice. It's a man, and he's about 20 years older than I am. And he had been looking to date me for the past couple of months. And the reason why I was saying no is because I felt like I was being trapped. Like the devil was operating through him to entrap me. And I said to myself, you know, I don't want to be in a relationship. And I think that just being in his presence 
would somehow, some way have us in a relationship and I end up in something that I never wanted to be be in to begin with. And he, and if I said something to him, he would be like, well, I was there for you. I was with you. I'm always there. It's always me. We're in a relationship. How do you say that we're not in a relationship? And I, and I would just be sitting there like, what? Wait, what? No. And so I wouldn't be around him. He's not a bad person. It's just that I felt like the devil was using him like a puppet. And he, and he wasn't aware of it. And so he fast forward and he always kept saying to me, if you're having a problem, I'm here. You can talk to me. I'm your friend. And I kept wondering why the hell was he always saying that to me? In the midst of him doing all of that, he would either call or text me super early in the morning or FaceTime me randomly in the morning. Sometimes I wouldn't even answer him until the afternoon because I didn't know what was he looking for. And then the Lord, sh and then the Lord showed me that one day he stopped. And the reason was because he got an answer. And he thinks that I don't know that he got an answer. But what God was really pointing out to me was that he gathered the information and then he wasn't helpful. I have to be mindful of people who gathers information about me and then just put it in their back pocket. Those people are dangerous because they'll strike the minute you don't give the minute I don't give them what they want and what they want from me is my attention. They want a piece of me. And with this guy, this Judas, Judas number two, God showed me. He gathered information about you and then he didn't do anything with it. It's just sitting in his back pocket. Watch him. So I've got a male, fem a male Judas and a female Judas in my life. I don't need this type of crap. That's the second thing that happens to me during my fast. <laughs> the third thing that God showed me was growth. You know how maybe you've seen Marriage Boot Camp. I think it comes on WeTV. And the therapists always say, well, we're going to bring in some children to represent you when you were nine years old. And they're going to, you know, mirror that traumatic experience that you had when you were nine years old. Because if you face it, then your inner child will grow. Or maybe you've heard an actual therapist say this. Say the same thing. Or they may say, go back, close your eyes. And go back to yourself and, you know, turn within yourself. And, you know, how old were you? 12 years old? What happened? Ask yourself, what happened? Because you know, oh, that's what happened? Okay, now that you know, we can kind of bring your inner you um, some healing and bring them to the age that you are now. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they sound. <laughs> that is how they sound. And so, um, you know, I just thought it was like um, a technique. I didn't think it was actually so. Like, I just thought it was a technique or, or like a load of hogwash. I didn't think it was actually so. But then God showed me that there, that little girl in me, who experienced those traumatic experiences of fear had just grew. She just aged. So if she was 10 years old, if inner me was 10 years old, 
when she had that healing, she just grew to the age of 11. She matured to the age of 11. And I felt, let me tell you something, guys. If you ever have this type of experience, it actually feels really good when, you, when you're open to receiving it, when you're open to embracing it. And it just felt like I had just reached another plateau of womanhood. That's the best way that I can describe it. And my book that's available on Amazon, this is available all over the place. In my book, I talked about how when I got to that place of healing, for all of the things that I was going through at one time, it was like the sun was shining bright, the birds was chirping, the atmosphere was different. Like I just felt healed. The colors were more vibrant around me. It was just different. I felt healed. I just felt healed. This time, when I received healing, I felt like a piece of childishness had died and a piece of maturity had came in. That's how I felt. I didn't feel like a child. It's a beautiful experience. And, um, if you've had that type of experience before, you know what I'm talking about. If you've had it again, that's great. If you've never had it before, my advice would be embrace it when you're ready. If you tell yourself the truth first. Don't lie to yourself. You know whether if you think about it, you'll know whether you're ready for it or not. But when you're ready for it and it happens, just embrace it. Don't be comfortable in dysfunction. I learned in dysfunction that you know, even though you would complain about the things people would do, the way things, the way that people would treat you, even though you complained about it, it was still familiar. Even though you didn't like it, you stayed in it because it was familiar. You know what's next in dysfunction, abuse, and disrespect. But when you begin to unravel that dysfunction and come out of dysfunction and into normality, it's very uncomfortable. Old habit patterns fight tooth and nail to stay. And if you want to make that transition, you're going to have to fight against those old habit patterns that are fighting tooth and nail to stay. And then you'll experience people saying, you think you're all that, or you think your life is perfect, or you don't have a worry or a care in the world. And your response should always be, that's not what I think or how I feel. What I do think is it's not normal to live in dysfunction. Normality is odd for people who don't want to live in normality. So that's that. The other thing that God has showed me is how he protects me. And it's not that I didn't know that God protects me. He is the reason why I sleep in comfort, safety, and peace. You know, when you don't bother anyone, you don't have to worry about karma. Your soul, your spirit, or your conscious or subconscious mind is not eating away at you. And so you can rest knowing you didn't do anything to anyone, so nobody should be coming for you. You shouldn't be getting any karma for something that you have done.
But I've always known that God protects me. This time is very different. Because he had showed me how he was protecting me from getting the coronavirus. I was supposed to travel not once, not twice to North Carolina. And God had blocked it from happening. Well, the first time God had blocked it from happening. The second time I was supposed to go to North Carolina for a wedding that I really wasn't even interested in, to be honest with you guys, for a multitude of reasons. But I don't want to put my mouth on nobody's marriage. And God gave me free will to choose whether I'm going to go or stay. And then he showed me how the person is into witchcraft. And he said to me, as clear as day, and for those of you who can hear the voice of God, you know what I'm talking about. Or you may call yourself a psychic with ethereal abilities. You know what I'm talking about. For some of you who, y'all say y'all hear from y'all y'all deceased ancestors, you know what I'm talking about. Some of you say you hear from the universe, you know what I'm talking about. Some of you have never had that experience at all. You don't know what I'm talking about. Anyhow, God said to me, if you go, if you stay in her house, I'm going to burn it down. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't want a house burned down now, Lord. Come on now. No, wait, hold on. And I had to make sure that was the memo that I had gotten. I wanted to make sure. And then I had a vision of Sodom and Gomorrah being burnt down. I had completely forgotten about Sodom and Gomorrah. There's a whole bunch of other places, cities and towns and villages that was burnt down by God. The Bible also says that God is an all-consuming fire. So I said, okay. I told the girl, I'll stay in a hotel. I wanted to be in support of her. Her, her decision, whether I agree with it or not. But I didn't want her house to be burnt down. And then the Lord had told me that the only reason why he didn't burn it down now is because of her children. Meaning, her children is the reason why she has grace. God's grace. And he told me that her home is no place for a prophet to be in. I said, okay. And I decided not to go. Well, after I, I, I saw that she practices witchcraft, I decided not to go. And a woman knows that I am a licensed and ordained reverend in the state of New York. She knows I'm a Christian. She knows I practice um uh, Jewish um, holidays and, and festivities, and she knows this. She knows. She knows. She don't do no voodoo, hoodoo, witchcraft, spellcraft, all that. No, no. You're not gonna get me caught up. But she also know that what she does is not in alignment with God. She still does it. She quotes the Bible. She knows the Bible better than some preachers. But she still practices witchcraft. That's a witch. Anyone who practices witchcraft is a witch. A high priest or high priestess. You can't... You, you can't straddle the fence like that. Choose this day who you will serve. You can't sit at the table with the devil and sit at the table with God too. It would be wisdom to choose God. If you don't choose God with your free will, you choose the devil by default. Remember I said that. 
If you don't use your free will to choose God, you choose the devil by default. Choose this day whom you will serve. Use your free will to do it. You cannot be lukewarm, neither hot nor cold. Better you be cold. And the one thing I don't understand about the devil's people who's into Santeria and all types of stuff. Why y'all keep coming over here? Why do they keep coming over here? Y'all always want to take our light. But you can't snatch it from us. God gave it to us. You're attracted to it. You want it. You know it's power. And you just want more power. But you can't take it. Nowhere in the history of mankind did God allow the devil to take light? So what makes you mere mortals think you can see the light in another human being and snatch their light for your own selfish purposes? Damn if y'all don't stop trying. Y'all just keep going relentless. But you can't do it. You're going to have to go through God to take the light from us. We are the light in dark places. We are the salt of the earth. Go over there and do your little satsuria. Throw your rocks and your chicken bones and your little oils and whatever else you got going on. Your little cowie seeds or shells. I don't know what you do when you do what you do. How you do it. Just go over there. Stop. Why the hell y'all keep coming over here? If you're for the devil, why the hell you keep coming over here where God is at? Why? Stay in your turf. Even Gang members have their own turfs. Bloods don't enter into the turf of the crypts. The crypts don't enter into the turf of the bloods. Why the hell do y'all keep coming over here? And it's solely to take our light. Y'all stay wanting to kill the people of God and can never do it. Y'all get mad when y'all can't do it. Now y'all come back and y'all come back and you say, okay, I can't do it. I'm going to go back to the devil. And, you know, I made a deal with the devil to kill a Christian. I can't kill a Christian. I tried three times. I even went inside of the church to kill a Christian and couldn't do it. Let me see what type of consequences I'm going to get from the devil now because I can't do it. Let me kill someone. I can't do it. God, God, they was praying. They was praying. Calling on the Lord. I couldn't kill them. Even in their sleep, I can't kill them. So since I can't kill them, maybe I'll hinder them. Maybe I'll distract them. Maybe I'll block them. And sometimes it works until God reveals to the person why he even allowed that hindrance to happen to begin with. And then it's over for you. Why keep trying? Why? You know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. And humans seem to be that way. They find different ways to do the same damn thing. And it never works. Manipulation always has an expiration date. Always. Nobody likes how it feels to be manipulated. And not everybody is scared of these high priests and high priestesses as whatever. Not everybody is scared of this witchcraft, voodoo, hoodoo stuff. Not everybody is scared. The power of God is more powerful than your little spells. These spells do work. Let me acknowledge that. They do work. But you're not more powerful than God, which is why y'all keep coming over here trying to take our light. Y'all be attracted to our light. You have to ask yourself, you as a satanic worshiper, because that's what, when you worship in deities and these different gods and goddesses and demons and the water god and, the, and, and fertility god, and the, you worship in a demon. 
That's what you're doing. So you got to ask yourself, why the head of your house, Satan, Lucifer, Beelzebub, you know all of his names. Why is it the head of your house even allowed you to be attracted to the light of God to begin with? Why did God, the devil can't do anything to anyone without God's permission first. Who are you serving? God created the Lucifer that you're worshiping. Who are you serving? If God is more powerful than the head of your house, why are you with him to begin with? If you want the light from out of a a Christian because of the power, why the hell are you over there with, with, with Satan? Why don't you just go to God? Why did God allow the devil to allow you to see that light within a Christian to begin with? Why? You really think it's for you to take that? You really think God is going to allow you to take it? But yet, you dumb fools, is always over here. Listen, go to your turf. If you're not going to repent and turn from your wicked ways and pray to God so that he can hear you from on high and heal your land, why are you over here? Go over there and stay on your turf and go play with your water gods and your fertility gods and your money gods and whatever else you, the God of war, whatever else you got going on. And and while you're at it... Tell tell your leader, uh, the lady from the Unicorn Club said, (laughs) you win today and you lose tomorrow. (laughs) I'm going to tell you why I find it to be funny, because it's true. It's true. You may win with your distractions and and your vices and and your hindrances and using people's desires and against them and all these things. You you may win today with that, but you lose tomorrow. When that Christian decides to exercise that light that's within them, when God reveals their identity to them, when Jesus comes from out of that sky, at the end of the day, Lucifer is going back to the pits of hell where he came from. That's where God put him for thinking that he was bigger and better than God. <laughs> you going to go right back. You roam the earth now for a thousand years. But your time is short, player. <laughs> Choose this day whom you will serve. So, with all of that being said, these are the things that I have learned during this fast. I learned through the many names of God and the many names of the devil, Satan, Lucifer, Beelzebub, the... the, the uh, author of all lives. I learned that God, Elohim, Yeshua, Jehovah, Jireh, Jesus, the bright and morning star, the Prince of Peace, the one whose name is wonderful, the Rose of Sharon, the Lily of the Valley. Yes. Yes. I've learned my identity. And um, God has started that process with me a couple of years ago. I wasn't the person that I thought I was. Or I wasn't the person who other people had me to believe. Or I wasn't the person that I told myself that I was. But I am who he created me to be. A leader. An agent of change the daughter of the Most High God. The other thing I wanted to share with you guys is um, the financial shift 
that has already started and it will continue on even into next year. Um, the wealth of the wicked was laid up for the just and it has been transferred this year. Which is why you see the billionaires and the millionaires and the people owning um, acres of land. And even with myself, there is something that the ball is beginning to roll on it. And I'm going to share that one day with you guys. This one I won't forget. There's other things that I told you guys that I would share with you guys. And when I will remember... I would share it, but if I have forgotten about it, I just completely forgotten about it, please forgive me and charge it to my head and not my heart. But this instance, um, there's something huge. Um, that's coming forth, and I'm going to share it, and I'm going to teach it. Literally, I'm going to be holding classes where people will have to pay for it that will weed out those who are not serious and those who are serious. And aside from that, you will get to see what your cousin looks like. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give classes on it. Um, I first have to live it before I can teach it. So I was going to. I want to say it's going to take a little while, but God is moving so quickly and everything is moving so fast. Um, it may not take as long as I, I think it will take. So I just hope that you guys had a really great fast. I hope that you learned much and gleaned much from your own fast and that you learned a lot from this podcast. I hope I said something to you that just rang true with your spirit during this podcast. I pray that all be well with your soul and that peace will be still within your conscience and subconscious mind, in your home and in your body. In the name of Jesus, I pray that the rest of this week for you would be blessed and highly favored, that when the sun rises, it shall accurately represent the sun of righteousness, Jesus Christ, and bring a balm of Gilead healing for you. In the name of Jesus, I pray the protection of Psalms 91 and 23 over you from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet and that the Lord would order your steps and lead you in the way that you should go. And I pray that holiness would be right in your life and that the true and living word that we know of Jesus and the word, the scripture that was manifest into this lifetime would manifest and be in your life that the holiness that the Lord has shown you would grow and would manifest and come to life in your life in the name of Jesus and I just pray that all is well with your soul in Jesus name amen shalom tribe